The Lord be with you and with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled and all Jerusalem with him, assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people, Israel. Then, Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened up their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. to be careful not to knock over a sheep over here. <laughs> Wouldn't it be wondrous if each of us had our own star? You know, not quite like, you know, when we were kids in a grandma's house and lay out on the lawn and, you know, away from the streets of the lights of the city and kind of look up and say, that star's mine, but, but rather a star that kind of adopted us. Wouldn't it be wonderful and wondrous and just a great thing if, if there was a star waiting for each one of us and upon our birth that star says, you're mine, and at a birth it rises up into the heavens and, and follows us wherever we go the rest of our lives. And, and that star would hold within it, of course, our destiny and it would, it would guide us when we got lost and it would shed light upon us when we were caught up in the darkness of life and, and it would be our star or we would rather be that star's little person. Wouldn't it be wondrous if 
We all had a star above that followed us and guided us and led us. And then when everything was said and done, and it was time for us to die, that star would come down from the heavens and wrap its bright arms around us and carry our souls back up into the heavens and, and gently let them rest into the heart of God. That would be just wondrous. Alas... The onward march of science has taken some of the wonder out of, out of our stars. You know, they're still beautiful at night, especially if you can get away from the city lights. They're magnificent and beautiful to look at. But science now tells us that there's nothing really, you know, mysterious about the stars. They're just like the rest of creation. You know, they're big orbs of gas that are kind of exploding around and like our sun, just one sun after another, after another. It's great, but, but there's not much wondrousness in that kind of a star, the star that science tells us are up there in the night sky that we look at. And so then, if that's what stars are, what do we do with this story of the, the three magi following this star that rises at the birth of Jesus and leads them to Bethlehem and stalls over the Bethlehem crib and then leads them back. You know, we know stars don't really do that in real life. Well, maybe, maybe we can retell the story of the, the three magi. Maybe we can reinterpret it or retranslate it in a sense for for our times and our place in this modern, contemporary, science-bound world of ours. So let's start with the Magi. You know, they're up in Persia somewhere, present-day Iran, and they're, they belong, they have their own kind of uh, generic religion that's part and parcel of the people there. And, 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 and these guys are like the proto-scientists of their time. They're really curious about the world and what makes it tick. And, and so they're explorers and they're, they're investigators and they're, they're kind of reporters on the world situation. And one of the things that really intrigues these three guys in Persia is the world's religions. They know that there's so much more out there in terms of belief than, than just what they have in Persia. And so they say, let's go explore and let's go investigate and let's go find out what's going on in the rest of the world. So they get on their dromedaries and they travel the long distances from Persia over to Greece to investigate the religious and spiritual life of the Greeks. And it's, it's this strange mixture of, of philosophy and, you know, gods and goddesses who are fighting and mating and doing all sorts of weird things. And they say, this is very interesting, and they take copious notes on it all. And then they say, well, you know, let's go find out what the Romans believe. So they, they get on their dromedaries and they, they drive. <laughs> they, they head up to Rome, and they explore Rome, and they see all the temples to the gods and goddesses. And, and there's even a sense that, that Caesar himself is a kind of a god, and that's kind of weird to their way of thinking, but they take notes on it all and, and they bring back all these stories and they, they keep records of all this. Their investigations continue and then they say, well, what about that little people down in Palestine? They have kind of an interesting religion. Let's go investigate them next. So they get back on their dromedaries and they head down to Palestine. And there, of course, they go to Jerusalem, the big city of Jerusalem. And this is no longer the time when Jesus is just a little baby. We're now in the time when Jesus is kind of already 
grown up and he's been teaching for a while and he's, he's landed in Jerusalem himself. And so they get to Jerusalem and the first thing they do is they go look at the temple of Jerusalem, the temple to the God of the Hebrews. And it's magnificent and they, they sit down and they spend days talking with the priests and the high priests about Abraham and Moses and the prophets and they are read script passages from Isaiah and Ezekiel and, and it's all very nice. It's beautiful religion. One God, it's a nice concept. They kind of get that. But as they spend time in Jerusalem, they hear kind of murmurings and rumbles about, about a new prophet on the scene. And so they're very curious. We'd like to see a real prophet. You know, not just one of these old ones from the old times, but one that's around now. So they ask a few questions of the people and they, they hear that this new prophet is staying in a little village on the top of the Mount of Olives called Bethany. So they head up to Bethany. And, they, and sure enough, there at the house of Mary and Martha and Lazarus is Jesus and his, his 12 guys and the ladies that had followed him down from Galilee, all the Marys. And, and Jesus is there. And they say, we'd like to talk with you. And he said, great, let's go sit under the fig tree. And under the fig tree, they spend a whole day chatting and talking about Jesus' take on, on, on this Hebrew religion. And they're really taken in by him because, because it's like he knows them already. It's like they're friends from the very moment they meet. He has some special gift about him that he kind of gets in to their hearts right away. And, and they feel free to talk with him and ask him questions. And, and he talks about who God is, the God that, that's, in that, you know, that's memorialized in that big temple down, down below in Jerusalem. And he says, you know, God is a father to us. It's a compassionate, loving father. And the, the three magi are going, wow, that's wonderful. That's a beautiful thing. And, and Jesus tells them his favorite parable about God the Father, the, the father with the two sons, one who's really bad and one who's really good. And they love this parable too because it shows that God is, is so much bigger than they ever thought of him to be. This God of infinite forgiveness, this God who's crazy in love with his people, this God who will do anything for us. Wow, this is a beautiful, beautiful religion and a beautiful, beautiful understanding of who God is. And after spending their day visiting with Jesus, they go back into Jerusalem and continue their conversations with the priests and the high priests. But they begin to hear even more rumors. This one's much more distressing and disturbing. They begin to hear that this Jesus who's up at Bethany is, is in hot water. You know, the people they're talking with down here below in Jerusalem are saying really awful things about him. And, and they start asking around, well, what's the problem? Well, he seemed to us to be just a wonderful guy, a true prophet, one who really understood and understands the way of God. And the high priests and the priests are saying, no, 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 don't trust him, he's not the way to go. He's saying, well, whatever you say. But then they start to hear that, that there's plans afoot to arrest him and to do awful things to him. And sure enough, pretty soon they hear that he has been arrested and that he is on trial. It is in the docket for, for God knows what. They can't believe it. Why would anybody arrest him? He's the most innocent. He's the most loving. He's the most kind. He's the most gracious person we've ever met in our whole life and all of our travels in Persia, in Rome, in Greece, wherever we've ever been. And, 
and it goes from bad to worse. And pretty soon they hear that there's a big procession out of town to crucify the guy, to kill him, Roman style. And this is beyond their imagination. This is, how could this be? How could these high priests and priests collude with the Romans to, to, to make such a terrible thing happen? How could they be after this guy? How could they want to kill him? How could they kill him? So they're disgusted. They said, this is, this is not a good religion after all. This is a religion filled with hypocrisy. They, they say one thing about the prophets and then they do this terrible thing to the one prophet that's part of their life here and now. They say, well, get out of here. We're leaving this place. We're taking our dromedaries and whatever we've got in our backpacks and we're heading out of town back to Persia. This is no religion for us. And as they head out of town, of course they can't help but pass by that hilltop with the crucifixes dug into its side. And there, of course, is the dead body of Jesus and the only people that are left are the Marys and John, Jesus' mother. So they stop without wanting to even look at what's hanging on the cross because it's so awful. The same person we talked to just a few days ago now here dead in the hot Friday sun of Palestine. And they get off their dromedaries and they go over to the Marys and they offer him a little bit of myrrh for his burial, the least they can do. The one small kindness of these strangers to Jerusalem before they return to their land distraught and glum and overwhelmed with sadness, feeling almost sick to their stomachs at what they've seen. And they take off. And they camp out for the first night and it's rainy and it's cold and it's awful. And they travel yet another day in the rain and the gloom. And they're filled with sadness. The weather seems to be tears of the heavens from above. And they pass yet another night along the road and they get up early before sunrise to get on their way heading east. And as they head east in the darkness and the gloom, the sun in the east begins to rise and they see it tipping just above the horizon. And little by little, little by little, the light of that new sun comes creeping across the fields and fountains, the moors and mountains and reaches eventually their feet and begins to warm them, cover them with light, pushing back the darkness. And it's then that they get it. It's then that these three strangers to Jerusalem, these three wise men, these three proto-scientists, figure it out. This Jesus whom we met, this prophet, his words, his grace, his light, his very spirit is, is with us on this first day of the week. In this dawn, we are experiencing anew exactly what we experienced up in Bethany when we've spent that day with him. We're not alone. He's traveling with us. He's changed us, he's inspired us, he's moved us. He's filled us with hope. Nothing is 
is the same as it was. And their gloomy faces begin to brighten and their hearts lift. And, and they know that the great light, this piece of starness that they experienced just days before is now in their hearts. And nobody can ever take it away as they head towards the east and the rising sun. And of course, this is a, you know, a reimagination of an old story. It's a retelling of the story. It's just a, you know, something we create ourselves. But it teaches us something too. It teaches us that you know, even in our times when, when the world seems you know, so lacking in wonder in so many ways, when there's so little mystery left in our world, it seems like some days, when the darkness of night seems really heavy, when the, the evil of our world is just almost too much to comprehend, that with all of that, even with all of that, you know that first day of the week sun rises and this star that accompanies us in our life, the great star that adopts us and follows us and guides us when we're lost and enlightens us when we're in the darkness, that great star which holds our destiny inside its womb, that star which when all is said and done and we finally die, comes and picks us up with his bright arms and carries us up into the sky, into the heavens, into the very bosom and heart of God. That star is not up there. That star is down here. That star is over there. That star is in here. And nobody can take it away from us.